Squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So Derek Chauvin is an innocent man. I don't hear a peep about it anywhere. He's in jail, and everybody, uh, so many people made money off of him, uh, gained a lot of power because of him, uh, realigned society because of him and the lies they told about him. And now that he's innocent, uh, <laughs> uh, good luck, Derek Chauvin. <clears throat> good luck with those uh, prisoners in there and the knives. He was uh, stabbed almost to death. Uh, it's funny. Uh, you never hear about the corrections. You never hear about it, right? Uh, the, the Russia Gate, right? That that all disintegrated, and uh, then they just moved on to uh, um, Ukraine Gate <laughs> and January Sixth Gate. It just goes on and on and on. You know, Donald Trump. He only has us. He only has the people. Think about what Joe Biden has working for him right now. I mean, they both have campaigns. They both have political action committees. Um, and that basically is where it ends for Donald Trump. Uh, he's got the people, and he's very good at social media. Who does Joe Biden have? He's got uh, well, the political action committees. He's got the campaign, of course. He's got big tech. He's got a vibrant and active Democrat Party leadership establishment, the DNC, working and working and working to help him. He's got... Ex-presidents, a Democrat, Republican, George W. Bush, Dick Cheney, now the Koch brothers. Thanks a lot, Koch brothers. Yeah, I know they're going with Nikki Haley, but ultimately this will benefit Joe Biden. Nikki, Nikki, she can't make it. Nikki can't make it. I found that clip of her endorsing and going on and on and on about little Marco. So <laughs> Donald Trump only has us. And what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you... Just watching it on TV. It's a fun show to watch. Listening to it on the radio. Sure. What, what, what's going to happen next? Oh boy. We know he's going to get out of this, but how's he going to do it? He's like Houdini. He's always in a jam. We'll go and watch the show, but, uh, we're not going to break a sweat. We're not going to actually do anything about it. You got to do something. You got to get active. You got to be out there. You got to turn off that damn TV, especially when the football comes on. Woke football. Wasting a day, a weekend, uh, all that junk. What else do you do? Do you smoke pot? This is another subject, oh, by the way. But again, walking to work, everybody, I mean, literally everybody is doing the weed. And I'm actually not as upset about it as I used to be because the more people that are smoking the weed, the better it is for those of us who are not smoking the weed, the better it is for me. You know, I'm a little bit hyper. I'm a little bit anxious. I'm a little bit, I want all that stuff. You gotta be a little bit anxious. You gotta have a little bit of anxiety. It can be immobilizing if you let it get away from you. But, uh, you know, pot, what does it do? I've been stoned a couple of times. It's <laughs> stupid things suddenly seem incredibly funny. Uh, you want to eat Fritos and Doritos all day long. And sometimes you have panic attacks. <laughs> you get totally paranoid. Everybody is smoking it. Everybody, uh, at least on my little journey to work today. And it was, what day is today? A Wednesday morning, a weekday in Manhattan, the most competitive city in the world, right? No, it's totally changed. You know, the streets are so much darker now. Hey, I turned around the other night and some guy, I don't think I was imagining it. I think he was this close to mugging me. I mean, literally this close. He was, I just, I heard something and for some reason I turned around and there was a guy walking right to me and he was about, two feet away when he stopped, right? He was like, I caught him when he was like four feet, 
and he's walking very fast and he's walking right to me. He definitely should not have been doing that. He should have been on the left or the right. And uh, I'm glad I turned around because he kind of stopped dead in his tracks and he pivoted and he walked across the street. And I watched him and I watched him go down the block. This guy was definitely looking to mug somebody. Could be wrong, but it kind of, oh, you know, maybe I should take the Uber at night. Maybe I should take a cab at night. I can't stand spending that kind of money, though. I can't. I can't. I just it bothers the hell out of me. Not that I'm a cheapskate. I will blow all kinds of money on dinner and dessert and leave a nice big fat tip. But when it comes to buying a tube of toothpaste, I want the dirt cheap one. When it comes to taking a cab, I don't want to do it. I want to walk. I want to take the subway even sometimes. I just don't want to. But uh, I got to do something because that was a little bit too close for comfort. And one of the reasons, the street was so damn dark. You know, New York City, the city of lights, right? At night, it's all, uh, and this is in midtown Manhattan. No, it's not the, all this. I'm like, why is this street so dark? This is not New York. It felt like I was in, I mean, just the suburbs or something like that. You know, when you walk in Garden City, where I grew up, those are dark streets. You've got a, an occasional street light, but at night, it's dark. And it was like, this is like Garden City. It's because there was no stores. No stores. Stores, they were closed. They were shuttered. They usually offered a fair amount of uh, illumination, right? Luminescence. Uh, they don't They don't anymore because they're not there. And $4.4 billion of uh, stolen stuff. Retailers lost $4.4 billion last year in New York State alone because of shoplifting, which has essentially been legalized anyway. You got to help Trump. You got to give money. You got to, uh, and if it's not, I'm not saying specifically for Trump, for your candidate, for your cause, give five bucks. And I am hearing from all kinds of people that they can't afford five bucks a month for this, that, or the other thing. I challenge you to look in your ice box right now. Nobody calls it an ice box, a refrigerator, and tell me how many things in there you really need. Do you have Diet Coke in your refrigerator? Do you have Coke in your refrigerator? Do you have Snapple in your refrigerator? You have any of that junk? Do you have Doritos? Do you have Fritos? You don't. You don't need any of that stuff. Look at anybody's shopping cart. And I like to indulge. I like to eat all that junk. Uh, less now because, well, it's you know it will kill you. It's poison. Hey, the other thing is, most of us do eat that stuff. We don't have to, and we will save money that way. And that money could be sent to a cause of our choice. Don't you think? Is that? And if it's only five bucks, if it's only 10 bucks, again, we talked about this. I talked about this. This is so much more important than one guy giving a thousand dollars is a thousand people giving one dollar. That's why these Coke brothers, or I guess it's one Coke because the other Coke died, David Coke, leaving behind Julia Coke. Have you gotten a load of her? She's like the richest woman, one of the richest women in the world now. And, um, uh, the word is she is, uh, single and looking to mingle. And, uh, however, they're very, very careful. They don't want any gold diggers. When I hear about men being gold diggers, it really kind of turns me off. Women, I understand that. I even suspect that sometimes. Um, but when I hear a man is a gold digger, I don't know. There's something wrong with that. There's something very gigolo-ish about that, right? Gigolo-ish. And there's something very, uh, well, uh, I would rather be homeless than be a gold digger. I would rather than to, to, to marry some broad that I don't really like all that much for her money. I would never, ever, 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 ever do that. Um, yeah, I don't think I would do that. <laughs> no, of course not. So anyway, 
that money is all behind Nikki Haley. It's not going to make a difference. You know how much money they put behind Mike Bloomberg? Uh, well, he didn't. They didn't put it. He did a billion dollars. I don't think he even made it to Iowa. And I'm kind of sick of hearing about Iowa. I know it's right around the corner. The Iowa caucuses, the Iowa caucuses. Well, they're coming in early January. And um, Iowa caucus, don't be impressed with the Iowa caucus. George H.W. Bush came in third place. Third place at the Iowa caucus managed to become president. There are a dozen stories just like that. Um, The other thing, hey. Is it me? I am actually, I think you should be very suspicious of anybody who's 60 years old or higher, late 50s and up, who's like in really good shape. Really good shape. I'm talking about, well, Joe Biden actually is in very good shape. Gavin Newsom is in very good shape. He's so skinny. You know what it takes when you're that age, of a certain age, to remain thin. And everybody says this about Gavin Newsom. He looks the part. He's He really does look the part. He's a spectacular-looking guy. Yeah, if you like shrimp, skinny guys, okay, that's in right now. And the hair, the gel, and all that stuff, it does. Look, he, that that, but that's all there is. And that will get you very, very far, unfortunately, because we are a society that is so consumed with style over substance. Really? Right? It is. Style over stuff, how you look, not your accomplishments. You know, Donald Trump, one of the many fascinating things about him, he wasn't afraid to look bad to get something done. You know, leadership isn't always pretty. You got to get down and dirty. You got to get red in the face sometimes. You got to force something to happen. Barack Obama would never do that. Joe Biden will never do that. Gavin Newsom will never do that. It's all about the messages. Aren't I marvelous? Aren't I magnificent? I mean, take a get a load of me. Look at me. You notice we really don't have fat president. I mean, look, Donald Trump. I love the guy, but even he'll admit he's uh, overweight. I'm overweight, according to the body uh, mass index thing. I'm actually technically, I'm working on it. I think I might be. I, at one point, I was morbidly obese. Uh, now I'm just obese, but I'm pretty soon going to be overweight, according to the height weight charts. I'm supposed to weigh. 191 pounds maximum, maximum. Uh, I'm not there yet. I'm a little bit over two. Uh, so I'm, I am a borderline overweight obese. I'm working on it. I am going to fix it. And I'm telling you right now, it's a vanity project. It is a vanity project. I want to take one of those pictures on Instagram and go super duper viral, see what I can do before and after picture. But Joe Biden, Barack Obama, this is what it's all about. And that vicious, nasty jerk, Michael Beschloss. Does anybody know this guy? The so-called presidential historian who's on MSNBC all the time. Why? Uh, well, he bashes Trump and he is this, he's a skinny mini, very well groomed, very well quaffed, a pretty boy, if you will, a pretty boy going all the way back to the eighties and the kind of guy that women just, you know, they love, the, especially the older set. You know, they love to have Michael Beschloss. What a promising young man. Let's have him at our dinner party. He doesn't have the credentials to be writing books about history. He doesn't have the ability to be writing books about history. He is very shallow, superficial. I remember reading one of his books, picked it up in 1997, thinking, okay, this it sounded interesting. Whenever a person, one of those pundits on TV, not always, but usually, 
TV people write crummy books because everything they've got, they're showing you on television. And usually thoughtful reporters have more to say that they can't put in the article. And those books tend to be uh, superior. It's 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 a rule of thumb, pretty much. Um, so the odds are once again totally against our guy, uh, Donald Trump, and that's okay. We kind of uh, we kind of like it that way, don't you? Right? This can't be easy. This can't be easy. George Santos, how's he doing? Uh, I think he had something to say about all this mess. They want to kick him out, Congressman Santos. Um. You know, he has not told nearly one-tenth the lies that Joe Biden has told, but this could be his last day or tomorrow. They're going to eject him. It looks like they have the votes to vote poor George Santos out. Cut four, please. If they want to send me home, if they think this was a fair process, if they think this is how it should be done, and if they're confident that this is a constitutional way of doing it, God bless their is hearts. It a ne- uh, because it's not. It's not. You can't just do this because the ethics committee came up with something. There is a process. He hasn't been convicted of anything. They should leave this guy alone. I don't like it. I really resent Mitt Romney for not giving him a, a break. Hey, soon, six group of hostages expected to be freed from Israel. That's great, but I'm getting a little bit anxious. What is Hamas doing while they're dragging this out? What are they doing? What are they coming up with? Are they... Uh, building defenses, are they getting ready to go on the offense? That's something to worry about. And there's this. Congressman Comer, the guy from the House Oversight Committee, really, really strong guy. He's MAGA through and through. He has just found some more dynamite evidence implicating the Biden boys in some really bad stuff. I'll be right back with that. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Liz Cheney has a new book, Dick Cheney's Daughter, the one who was defeated by uh, the people of, what is it, Wyoming, like 8 to 2 or something like that. I think she got 20% of the vote, voted out of office. At this point, she's got a new book, comes out, and she's obviously a Trump hater. The big tidbit that they're chewing over right now on CNN Speaker Johnson, the new speaker, tried to get into Donald Trump's orbit. Imagine that, a Republican uh, congressman trying to be close to the Republican president. Huh? Imagine that. Um, Better than you, Liz Cheney. Uh, Let's see here. And there's some other stuff. They say it's dynamite. It's not. It's fake news. But it's pretty wild. So many people now on that committee and so many of the key witnesses, key, uh, they all have written books. (laughs) Uh, Cheney asked questions of Cassidy Hutchinson. Cassidy Hutchinson has a book. Uh, uh, Liz has a book. All of them have books. Uh, the Fanone, all those fake cops. Anyway, a lot of folks are, uh, you know, there's a rumor that COVID, like COVID Part 2 might be coming, right? They want to uh, gin something up, more fear, and maybe bring back lockdowns because there's a, uh, well, Donald Trump laid it all out. He actually put out a pretty cool video, uh, which I heard about. I haven't actually scene uh usually does it down there in mar-a-lago and let's hear it okay go i had a 25 (laughs) that's not donald trump uh i want to hear the clip of uh donald trump on the potential shenanigans that they're going to pull uh go ahead with that one the left-wing lunatics are trying very hard to bring back covid lockdowns and mandates with all of their sudden fear-mongering about the new variants that are coming gee whiz you know what else is coming an election (laughs) They want to restart the COVID hysteria so they can justify more lockdowns, more censorship, 
more illegal drop boxes, more mail-in ballots, and trillions of dollars in payoffs to their political allies heading into the 2024 election. Does that sound familiar? These are bad people. These are sick people we're dealing with. But to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, hear these words. We will not comply. So don't even think about it. We will not shut down our schools. We will not accept your lockdowns. We will not abide by your mask mandates. And we will not tolerate your vaccine mandates. They rigged the 2020 election, and now they're trying to do the same thing all over again by rigging the most important election in the history of our country, the 2024 election, even if it means trying to bring back COVID. But they will fail because we will not let it happen. When I'm back in the White House, I will use every available authority to cut federal funding to any school, college, airline, or public transportation system that imposes a mask mandate or a vaccine mandate. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I love that message. They are gearing up for some more uh, game playing. Gee whiz, he said, gee whiz, we have this coming, and so do we have an election. Gee whiz. You don't hear gee whiz enough. Uh, you know, rigging, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm supposed to say something. Uh, well, uh, the, uh, I actually do have to say, because some people get very upset, I'm talking about the authorities. Everybody, don't worry. Joe Biden is the president. He signed the paperwork. Yes, but was he legitimately elected? <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> How do you like that? No one ever says no. They always say, well, uh, they, they always want to avoid that question. I don't know. Legitimate, not legitimate. What do you want? He's the president, okay? Some people say you guys stole it fair and square. I don't buy the fair and square part. Look, there are games played. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. And this is America. You can say it. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, uh, sorry about that. Let's see. Oh, yes. We're going to. We don't have the uh, Comer smoking gun stuff yet. Uh, it's going to come out at 5.30 p.m. tonight. Smoking gun. Hey, you know, smoking gun is actually considered letter of the law. And even, I guess, in folklore, circumstantial evidence. A lot of people think smoking gun must mean, aha, now we have it. Totally. I mean, think about it. A uh, smoking gun came from, you know, somebody's dead on the ground and a guy's holding a pistol and it's still smoking. And you think, okay, you got him. Well, that is still circumstantial evidence. I mean, he could have picked the pistol up off the ground, right? And it could still be smoking. Uh, it's compelling evidence, but it's still circumstantial. Direct evidence is when you have somebody like, uh, you know, I saw him shoot <coughs> that guy or I saw him steal that money. And in the case of Joe Biden, we have it, uh, Tony Bobulinski. People forget about Tony Bobulinski. It's, uh, he's still out there. And um, that evidence, uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Jim Comer, House Oversight Committee, has been great. Uh, I should be talking to him. Um, oh, you want to hear? i got to play this real quick. My baby, my older baby, she's three. It's time for baby talk. It's a little bit early, but uh, we had a conversation about chocolate, and it was pumpkin chocolate. She likes to eat things fast. And she also thinks her pumpkin chocolate should have those cut-out eyes. You know, like when you cut the jack-o'-lantern. This pumpkin chocolate that we're eating did not have the eyes, and she was upset by that, but uh, not too upset. And then she starts mimicking me in, I think, the cutest, most adorable way imaginable. Let's go cut 21. Look, it's, it doesn't have eyes. 
It doesn't have eyes. Why is it not a pumpkin? It is a pumpkin. Can I see yours and this is a pumpkin? Okay, let's see here. It's not a pumpkin. (laughs) (laughs) We both don't have pumpkins. It's still good though, right? I'm going to be the winner. Not all at once. Not all at once. Let it melt. Mm. Mm. Here we go. I love you, Lisi. I love you, Dad. <laughs> All right. Isn't that great? Mmm. Uh, we were mimicking. She was mimicking me while we were eating chocolate. She is three. I think that's pretty advanced, especially when I went, mm-mm-mm-mm. And she went, mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, Susan is, ca- wait, no. Uh, Pamela is calling in New Jersey. Yes. Well, that reminds me when I was a toddler that age, my dad, Tape, he was into tape recording and we would play radio station and everything. And he tape recorded me because I was so scared of this thunderstorm. And he had a whole conversation saying it was just somebody bowling up in heaven and the pins were dropping. And uh, <laughs> that reminds me of that. You know what? It and, really uh, sounded that way, too. It really made sense. I remember that explanation was given to me, bowling in heaven. And it made sense. I mean, gosh, thunder. It seems louder when you're a kid somehow. It's, it's never seemed as loud since. Anyway, what else? Hey, and it and it's you know just one of those dad daughter things. It's a very special relationship. I was I had that with my dad, and it's very important in uh, right. in life. <laughs> um, another piece of advice my daddy gave me was never date, trust, or vote for a, a guy who's prettier than you. <laughs> in reference to you know what you were saying about Newsom and everything. He actually said that out loud. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. Never date a pretty boy. Well, you know, you know, you can date somebody who's handsome and is assured of himself. But when a guy is like really too much into himself, like watch out. Yeah, and that's Gavin Newsom. And that the effort—it's it, like you could say, "Well, you're being prejudiced against good-looking people." No, Gavin Newsom isn't like good-looking or not good-looking. He is meticulously well-groomed. To keep yourself at 155 pounds in this day and age with five kids, how many kids does he have? Four or five kids? He's got a lot of kids. Three, actually. Three, just three. You can't, you can't not have a paunch. You cannot have a gut unless you are a vain maniac. You know what I mean? I just, I'm sorry. You can't. I mean, there's some people naturally skinny, but you know, and the hair and all that stuff, and it shows you where their priorities are. They are distracted. They're looking at themselves in the mirror. What was that Carly Simon song said? Yeah, you, you always looking at himself in the mirror. That was her beef with that guy, and that's a thing. It really is. And too many people are dazzled by it. California is in utter and complete chaos. Why Why are we talking about Gavin Newsom? Oh, yeah, because Gavin Newsom is going to be on um, Hannity with DeSantis for a debate. 
this could go very badly for DeSantis. This is basically win-win for uh, Gavin Newsom. He doesn't have to do anything. Democrats really don't watch Fox News. It doesn't matter. Um, but he wants to debate this. And it's interesting because DeSantis is smarter intellectually. Uh, Harvard, Yale, and a couple of other things. But I don't. he's not nearly as smooth as, um, as a skinny boy there. What do you think, Pamela? Well, you know, DeSantis is actually handsome. But he's not aware of it, which in my book makes him more likable. And uh, he doesn't use it, you know, the way that Newsom uses it. But you wouldn't want somebody, you wouldn't want to vote for somebody who uses it like Newsom uses it. And you're right, to be that quaffed takes a lot of time, a lot of selfish time. Yeah, a lot of selfish time. And uh, I would love to be that quaffed, but I don't have the time. <laughs> and when I do have the time, it seems like I'd rather... Uh, Eat a Pepperidge Farm golden layer cake. Thank you very much. I have this uh, unfortunate piece of news. These Osprey helicopters keep crashing. A, a good friend just sent this. A U.S. military Osprey aircraft carrying eight airmen crashed off the Japanese coast at 3 o'clock Wednesday. The crash took place 3 o'clock Japan time during a routine training mission, according to the Air Force Okay, the Air Force has the Osprey, too, mostly Marine Corps, but other services as well. At least one airman who had been on board was located, Japanese officials said, although there was no immediate confirmation of the person's condition. When a helicopter crashes in the water, and an Osprey is kind of like a helicopter. It's revolutionary in some respects and in other respects not so much. It's a helicopter, but it can tilt its rotors so it can fly as fast as a plane, basically. Um, anyway, you know what happens when you... Um, when one of those things hit the water, uh, they capsize immediately. They turn upside down. And it's a terrifying experience. Now, I've actually done this in training. Um, what they do is anybody who flies in a helicopter enough, <laughs> there's a damn good chance you're going to be in a crash. Um, well, you got to be ready if the thing goes down. So what they did is they put us in a great big metal tube that was suspended over a pool, not a fun pool, not Echo Park, you know, uh, 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 an industrial type pool with freezing cold water. And we get in this tube with windows. It's like a it's like a helicopter. It's like a fake helicopter. It's like a helicopter fuselage, but it's very basic. And you got to strap yourself in. Right. There's seat belts, and you're sitting on the inside of this tube. And then the tube is lowered. It splashes down into the pool, and it's got it's all connected, so it's not like it's it's gonna, and then it rotates, it rotates so it goes underwater, right? And you have to stay strapped in, so the water is kind of slowly coming, not too slowly, it's coming up, coming up, coming up, and you can feel it, you can track it, you know, over my chest and my neck and then my mouth. You got to take that breath at the right time. Because then you're submerged. And here's the deal. This is what they tell you to do. You cannot start trying to get out of the helicopter until the thing has stopped rotating. Like until it's fully upside down and you're underwater and it's not moving any longer. Because if you try to get out of the helicopter while it's moving, there's a good chance you're going to break your body in half. Could get cut by the rotor. A lot of bad things could happen. So you got to wait. That was the hardest part. A lot of us wanted to pull the the seatbelt. And they have divers. They have Navy divers making sure you don't undo the seatbelt first, that you stay in all the way, which is the hardest thing. It takes like 12 seconds. 
for this thing to stop moving. And you're strapped in and you're upside down and you're in this crazy pool with the crazy cold water. Imagine that happening in the ocean. And then imagine it happening at night. At night. So, um, and how do you, how do you train for that? And you know what they do? They give you goggles that are blacked out. So they give you goggles. They're blacked out. First you do it. And I failed the first time doing this. I had to come back the next day to try it again. It was terrible. Um, you put the goggles on so you can't see. You can't see anything. Now, people were known to peek a little bit, but whatever. Uh, but you have the Navy divers making sure. And imagine that. It's complete and total darkness. I talked to a guy who survived uh, one of these crashes, a real crash. And the thing that he's still kind of haunted by is the darkness, how black everything was. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Got out of there. So this looks pretty bad. The Osprey, uh, I'm not too sure about that aircraft. I've been in a couple of them, uh, several of them, actually. I'm actually one of the first people to parachute out of a Osprey. I am one of the very first people to ever do that. Um, hasn't been done much, but I was one of the very first, all the way 20 years ago or so. Um, isn't that cool? A little bit of aviation history. I don't know if I was, I wasn't the very first one, but I was one of the first one. Any update on the hostages at this point? Mm, I like this guy, Thomas Hind, is the father of the nine year old girl. Um, listen to this. Cut 12, please. The future is obviously get Emily back to health, and we will do that along the way. But the next thing is along the way is that we have to get all the children, obviously. All the women, all the men, all the hostages have to come back. They have to be brought back. Well, I have not been hearing enough from I just uh, the hostages, too. And I want to get Hamas. You know, on the, the Sid, Sid show today, I was talking to Sid. A very compelling question. It may seem like an easy answer. It's not. What's the priority here, rescuing the hostages or killing and eradicating Hamas? If you think about it, it's actually a tough question. For some people, cut a, and I, for me as well, cut 11, please, cut 11. What's more important to you, getting the hostages home or wiping out Hamas? The Jewish people value life. It says to save one life is to save the entire world. They're prisoners. I don't care how old they are. It doesn't mean that you're not a terrorist just because you're under the age of 18. I've seen that video of 12, 13-year-old boys stabbing Israelis. These are terrorists. That's what they are. Um and I, I struggle with this question. I am a mother, and I am somebody who values life. I don't want to ever see anyone suffer. I don't know if I would be able to live with myself hmm. if I said that our primary goal isn't getting the hostages out. Right, I, but, but, but these are all of our children, and I see every – I believe yes. that. I'm not, I'm not just blowing smoke. I, I see every child that is a hostage right now – as my child, okay, and good. I see every yeah. I see every Jew in Israel who is fighting this fight or suffering from this fight as my sibling. I would go to the ends of the earth to do anything I can for their safety. That's Lizzie Savetsky. She's been very outspoken, a proud Jewish mom of three. Uh, you've uh, heard of her. You've probably seen her. Uh, Emily Austin is also very good on this. Um, I don't know. You don't call off the war, though. You got to eradicate. You have to eradicate Hamas. What kind of deal is being arranged here right now are they saying if you release the hostages we're not going to come get you after that i don't know i want these hostages rescued maybe we need to send the 
Maybe we need to send Delta Force in or something like that. I do it at five in the morning. Do it at three in the morning. You know, like they figured out 95% of all people are dead asleep. Uh, actually, it's 98% are dead asleep at 501 in the morning. <laughs> five, it's like, it's one of the times that the FBI likes to go, FBI, open up. And, uh, speaking of the FBI, you know, it's none of your business again, uh, my Twitter activity. You realize that Donald Trump's Twitter activity has been subpoenaed. And you know what? Oh, that's fine. Well, what do they want? What do they want to know? They want everybody. They want the name of every person in America, whoever retweeted or liked a tweet from Donald Trump. Well, that's me a thousand times. They want the identity of everybody that Donald Trump retweeted or liked. That's me about six times. And that's a lot of regular people out there. They're going after Jack Smith, that weirdo, totally out-of-control prosecutor, although he's totally in control because he's doing exactly what the swamp wants. It's totally against our traditions. It's totally against the law. It's totally against any sense of decency. And it's happening. And the media don't give a damn because they're in on this conspiracy. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I don't understand these children of today, these kids, these college kids. I do not understand them. You know what? I do understand. I mean, they're, I mean, they're so racist and they're so anti-Semitic and they're so ignorant. You know what? I do understand more and more. Uh, the baby boomers, the baby boomers who did not go to Vietnam. I'm starting to really understand. And actually, I kind of respect them a lot more than I used to Um, because, you know, remember Vietnam, uh, the Vietnam War and the protests, right? Big protests. Well, when you look at it, they really had something to protest. It was a war that America was fighting in a faraway land, Vietnam. And let's see what was going down over there. South Vietnam versus North Vietnam. North Vietnam was communist. South Vietnam was not communist, but had all kinds of problems. And we wanted the country to, we wanted South Vietnam to remain not communist. And we lost 55,000 guys in that war. And sometimes at that, we were losing, like, how many, you realize we lost, we lost less than 10,000 in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. Over 20 years, 55, that, that's I, like right up there with the Civil War, I think. I mean, it's crazy. It's a, Well, not quite the Civil War. It's a lot. And hundreds, at one point, hundreds were dying. I think honorable people fought and served in that war, including my father. Um, a year in Vietnam as a first lieutenant, second lieutenant, first lieutenant, artillery officer, infantry liaison officer, saw combat up close, fighting, uh, I mean, bad stuff, certain things I don't ask him about, you know, I, you can read about it in his book, but it's really intense. So anyway, um, but there were people also, I think, honorable who did not want to fight because like, what was that war all about? And then that counterculture that started the counterculture, the hippie culture and all that stuff. Well, the kind of the rallying cry was this war that many, you know, okay, Vietnam is now, I believe Vietnam is all communist, right? Are you okay with that? 
I'm 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 actually I it, it, it neither here nor there. Do you know do you know for a fact whether Vietnam is only one now is communist or or capitalist? Does anybody really know? Right? Now I believe it's communist. Who cares? Any skin off your apple? I mean what I I can't I I can't worry about everybody and neither can you. This is America. We got to take care of America first. So all those people who are protesting, I kind of understand it. And I don't think that the American people in how many years, 65, 1945 to 19, in 20 years, just became gutless and weak. You know, that didn't happen. They were opposing the war, I believe, on the merits. All this treasure, all these lives to prevent uh, South Vietnam from becoming communist. And I'm aware of the domino theory, and I probably would have been on the I would have been rather hawkish back then, but in retrospect, and we were told a lot of lies about that, I got you know, I can understand why people did not want to go to that war. And people were signing up like crazy to fight in World War II. Right? I mean, just everybody kind of wanted to be a part of that. And if you weren't a part of that, it was like socially, it was like, oh gosh, you know, shouldn't you be somewhere, sir? <laughs> um what do you think of that, Carmine? What do I uh, what do I think about that? Never mind. What's your point? Yeah. Well, you know, yesterday you spoke about uh, the country going in a depression, Greg. And I'm doing title insurance 30 years. I think you know that. I've spoke about it before. Three years ago, Greg, everybody was happy. First time home buyers were buying. People were stepping up their houses. Single people were buying. Gay people were buying. Married couples, lesbians. Uh, legals, illegals. I even had a transgender. They, everybody was happy, Greg, buying houses. Nobody complained three years ago. What Biden has done in less than two years, he has crippled the housing industry. Title companies are hurting. Real estate agents bought cars three years ago. They can't make their payments on their cars. Mortgage companies, surveyors, termite companies, real estate attorneys. He has crippled the housing market. He's got to go, Greg. It goes on and on and on. You see it firsthand. You're on the front lines. Business is way down. People aren't happy. Anybody happy? You, Carmine? God provides. What? God provides. All right, he does, he does. I'll be right back. 